this is Mark, and I am on tonight with Susan King. How are you, Susan? I'm wonderful. Welcome, everybody. Yeah, welcome to another episode of Walnut Grove Cast. Yes. Um, this time, I forget what um, what year we did last, but um, it might be around the same era. Um, what was the last episode we did? Whisper Country. Uh, yes. Yeah, it was kind of the same era of this, right? Yeah. About. I'm thinking Whis- Whisper Country was season four. Maybe not. This is season five. Season five and episode 11. Yes. This was the Thanksgiving episode. Really? Yeah. I know. I was wondering about that too. November 20th of 78. And it's an awful Thanksgiving episode in my opinion. <laughs> It could have been a Nelly Palooza, man. She's got her claws out in this one. This one, it's very underrated, in my opinion, for being a Nelly episode um, because of the Garveys. The Garveys are really the point people in this entire episode until, of course, mm-hmm. Charles saves the day. Um, of course. Yeah. I mean, I'm just surprised he didn't say, like, all right, I'm going to take him fishing and take my shirt off. But but he didn't. <laughs> so, thankfully, we were spared that. Um <laughs> we were spared Michael Landon's chest for yet yes, another episode. We were. Um, I know, and I was just watching the episode today where Jack dies, and Charles is actually in the barn shirtless with his suspenders on as he's hugging Laura, and she's hysterical. Because Jack and I was just kind of like, wow. <laughs> like, you know, it, it was it just, really up close and personal. I know Michael Landon <laughs> did a lot of you know, really great stuff for kids, you know, I'm very protective, but a lot of this stuff would not be very okay nowadays. Well, no, in that episode, I mean, he was completely shirtless and we're seeing, yeah, he's sweaty and and, you know, he's all tan. It's just kind of like, Oh yeah. (laughs) So that's Michael. Translate well into 2018. It wouldn't. But, um, so I'm going to jump right into the first scene. um, well, actually, yeah, let's just say this episode is The Cheaters. The Cheaters. It is. Mm. This is uh, there's supposed to be a, a lesson to be learned here. I'm not really sure what the lesson really is that we learn. Um, it's kind of hidden um, among the um, drama of Walnut Grove. So um, so here we go. Here's the first dramatic scene um, where Mrs. Garvey gets to... See how her teaching skills are really working out. Yeah. Well, this is just music, but Mrs. Garvey hands her son a paper that was very poorly graded. Very poorly graded. Yes. Um, And gives him the evil eye. She's just... And so she, you know, she's very proud that some of her students are very doing very, very well, but not all of them, um, you know, are, are really catching on. And her son is one of these people that yes, is, is just not catching on. Andy is, you know, a different, you know, level learner. That's all. Um, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but, um, Another but it, special needs friend. <laughs> I wouldn't even say special needs. Um, he's just, you know, I, I can't imagine that you're going to learn very much in this classroom where does it really matter if you get left back? You know, I don't really understand yeah. the, the concept of getting left back when realistically, what do you do? You change rows 
or something? I, well, I especially when you can get a teacher certificate by just answering five questions, you know, it's like, how relevant? Yeah. <laughs> how relevant? No, of course not. But yeah, that must have been a, must have been very challenging to teach a classroom like that where everybody's at different levels and different grades and yeah. But um, Garvey basically um, talks up her um, prized pupils, and Mm -hmm. uh, here's a clip from that. I'd like to particularly commend Albert Ingalls for his outstanding work. All gold stars. Congratulations, Albert. Yes, Nellie. Wasn't my work outstanding, too, Mrs. Garvey? Yes. Wouldn't it be uh, um, outstanding as well, really? (laughs) So I would I would have corrected her um, for for her simplistic country girl talk. There you um, go. <laughs> but um, I also think that it was a little bit strange of Mrs. Garvey to kind of rub it in like that. You know what? You know, it, I think that this came out during a time when our school system in this country was kind of under attack in a lot of weird ways, and. For what I just really disagree with her teaching style and the way that she approached kids and putting grades up on the board for everyone to see. There's a certain level of shame, like if you, you know, if you're a kid who isn't catching on quick enough, such as her son, you know. Oh yeah, and well, and Willie too. Willie even just comes right out with it, bold face, and just says, "Why are we going to put the grades up on the board? It's just going to show everybody how dumb I am." And even though it's a classic Willie moment, but right, but it, it's very yeah. eye-opening. And I think that Garvey, um, who actually turned Walnut Grove cast down for an interview, I just want to say, is um, I, I think she shows some of her true colors in this episode. <laughs> yeah, and as the a whole, person. And- And I think that's what the kind of the lesson is, because not trying to spoiler alert, but later on in the episode, I really um, I appreciate the writing of Arthur Heineman because he allows the parent to be humble and kind of go, you know what, even though you did absolutely wrong, we've got a little bit of responsibility in this, too. And uh you know, and that I, I think that's a very underrated element in raising children, uh, whether it was 200 years ago, 100 years ago, or today. And if you're ever in a place where you do screw up with your kid, to be able to go to that kid and humbly say, you know, will you forgive me? I'm so sorry. Instead of playing the parent thing of I'm the parent, you're the child. And, you know, I think that really... Um, can really positively affect a child's heart that, wow, mom and dad, you know, I know I'm getting ahead here, but no, no, yeah, no, mom, I, mom and dad, and, you know. I wanted to even expand on that, and I wondered what your opinion of this is. There's a new um, trend, there's a new movement where people are officially abolishing homework for certain grades. And, um, you know, for a lot of people who have children who may have, um, you know, a, some type of... Um, challenging um disorder or or just any of this they're taking away the ability for these children to be um schooled at home on some level and i think realistically this isn't a focus on the children this is a focus on lazy parents um in my opinion um we this is something that is not happening in my particular school district and i think that the majority of people would agree um even my son agrees that homework is something that that helps reinforce, um, you know, the the work that they work on throughout the day, and it's the evidence or the proof that 
they know how to do it on their own without a teacher there. And in the event that, and you know, the math that these kids get nowadays is a little bit more advanced than the math that, um, that you got and I got, you know, in, in grade school. But so if there is an, if there's an opportunity where my son didn't understand a particular uh, method and I can correct that at home with him, which I did last year, that allows him to go to school the next day and go to the next level, to the next step. Because oh, if absolutely. you don't get that one single, um, you know, if you overlook that one single, um, I guess the, the crux of the problem, right? You get right down to it. Then it's going to be easier for them to achieve each step. And I, I feel as though homework is so important and it seems like the only people complaining about homework are the parents. Yeah, it, it seems to be, let's refashion this because uh, as parents, we're just so busy in our lives that we just don't have time to do that. And I always used to jokingly say when I was teaching um, in my former position that I don't run this classroom like HISD, Houston Independent School District, which was, okay, we got 20 minutes to learn this. It's all focused on, can we get the kids to pass these tests? Right. Yes. Forget about them really learning something. We just want them to pass these tests so that our score can look good in the state of Texas and, um, you know, blah, blah. So we can be an exemplary school or blah, blah, blah. So it's not really about them learning. It's just, okay. let's let's gauge everything around you. Just just passing the test so that our school looks good. Do we want to do we want to raise healthy horses? Or do we want to make sure that they win the race by hitting them exactly. hard enough? And, yeah, exactly. and and that's the reality of the situation at the end of the day. And um, anybody who disagrees with me is wrong. <laughs> but the city <laughs> well, of Long horrifying. Beach, the city it's of horrifying. Long Beach here in New York has gotten rid of homework. And that's, um, that's very close to where I live. Um, I used to live there. My, my wife went to that particular school district and, and the school district is a mess. And in three or four years, you're going to see, um, a lot of people always say, well, there's no such thing as trickle down economics and there isn't, but there is something called trickle, um, trickling, you know, and yes. this is going to affect so many people. Yeah, it's just, it's horrible. And then we wonder why kids in the United States, why kids in Japan are so much more, you know, I don't know anything about the school districts in other countries and how they teach, but I mean, Mm -hmm. traditionally, kids in the United States, uh, generally speaking, uh, have always scored, you know, lower in math, lower in science. Well, this is a conversation I I think I would like to expand with uh, Ree, who is now on Walnut Grove Cast Mm -hmm, staff, mm -hmm. I guess, and she's writing a blog for us. And, you know, she's she's a young girl. She's like 18 or 19 years old, and she's in the school system. I believe she's in university in Japan. And um, I'd really like to have a conversation with her and ask her, you know, when you know public school, but you know I'm getting off on a tangent. This um, doesn't necessarily fit in. It's just it's very eye opening to see, in my opinion, bad teaching, and that's yeah. what I think that Garvey really brought to the table in this episode, and it was kind of overlooked. I think. 
Yeah, no, and I agree with you. And and as you were saying earlier, the Garveys are very prominent in this episode. And when you and I had recorded another podcast, I was said that I was ashamed that I couldn't remember when the Garveys even came into play because I never remembered Charles saying, hi, I'm Charles Ingalls. Hi, I'm Jonathan Garvey. And there's a reason for that because it was bug- bugging me so much that mm-hmm. I went back and researched um season four and discovered that they're never the very first episode that Jonathan was in was cast offs where he's spinning around and around when Charles lets the water go at the mill and he's spinning around around in the wheel of the, uh, of the uh, mill. And we only, we do see Alice in that episode, but it's at the very end at church. She has no speaking line. She's just sitting next to him and Andy is nowhere to be found. And then a couple of other episodes happen, and then we have the episode The Wolves, where they find that's when we finally get to see, you know, Andy. And so they never had like an introduction. It was like, oh, we're just there in the town. The episode where Jonathan has a bad back, well, that's castoffs, and Kezia helps him, you know, heal his back. So there never was a formal, hey, glad, welcome to Walnut Grove. They were just kind of there. Right. They and just, I think, and, and, yeah. That's why we didn't. That's why we didn't remember um, Jonathan uh, because right after castoffs with times of change when John cheats on Mary, and then my Ellen, uh, and that's where we see Jonathan twirling in the wheel. And then the next episode was the wolves, and they they you know they became more and more. Right. And then later that season we had um, the high cost of being right where they almost got divorced. So they they very slowly put them into the but, series. Yeah, but then very quickly. Um, yes. You know, do that to, uh, of course, crescendo of killing her and Mary's yeah, baby. Right. But, yeah, uh, <laughs> at the very end. Well, and, you know, and, and, and as I was researching Hersha Parody, I thought her name was so unusual that she, maybe she was born with it, but it's not. It's a stage name. Uh, her real name was Betty Sandoff. And, she was born in Ohio, and apparently she started acting as young as 14, and she even did the tour of Streetcar Named Desire. She actually played Stella with oh. John Voight. With John Voight. Um, they toured together, and um, there was always – when I had mentioned in one of the other podcasts about her being considered for the role of Carolyn Ingalls, that was true, but not in the way that I thought. Apparently, Richard Bull and Catherine McGregor saw Hersha in a play, and they recommended her to Susan Sukman, uh, the casting person on mm-hmm. Little House. Um, and then they gave her the part of Eliza Ann, which was Charles' sister-in-law in the you know flashback episode right, right. Uh, when his mom died. Um, but then apparently something was going on on the set because Miss Karen, apparently it was rumored that she was thinking about leaving the series. And mm-hmm. that's how the whole thing with Hersha came up. They were considering her to replace Karen if Karen chose to leave the series. I, there wasn't any detail, any gossip, oh, any dirt about it. And that is out of Hersha's mouth. That is out of an interview that Hersha gave. Um, so it's not like, you know, I mean, it it seemed like it was a pretty legitimate thing that she said, I heard talk that Karen was planning on, you know, was thinking about leaving the show. And so they were talking about the possibility of me 
replacing her. And then, of course, obviously, um, Karen decided to stay. And then they said, hey, let's give Jonathan a wife. And that's (laughs) but anyway, so it wasn't I thought that she was considered for Carolyn from the very beginning. But no, apparently it was, you know, I know her her from a TV show called The Phoenix um, in the pilot episode. That's really outside of Little House. That's all I really know her from. But yeah, unfortunately, her should decide not to come on, but that's okay. Um, I'll still reach out again and uh, see if um, I can convince her otherwise. But yes. But here she is um, asking Andy to stay after class and um, speak with her. You please? Yes. Your homework was one of the worst in the class. What on earth's been happening to you? I don't know. I study. You see me at home. Yes, I see you with your books open, but half the time you're daydreaming or your eyes are wandering off someplace else. What you need to do is apply yourself. Concentrate on your studies the way Albert Ingalls does. Albert doesn't study that much. Oh. It just comes easy to him. Well, it obviously doesn't come easy to you, so you're going to have to do it longer and harder. Yes, ma'am. And there's no better time to start than right now, is there? No, ma'am. So I want you to go straight home and do your homework before any play and before your chores. So, yeah, I mean, it's kind of uh, it's just, it's bad teaching. Even, it's kind of like, no, try harder. You know, it's like, all right, well, you're not really giving any direction, but... Um, not only bad teaching, but bad parenting. It's the worst thing in the world you can <clears throat> do is compare your children to another child. It's just like, yeah. Alice, man, you well, just... There's <clears throat> a lot of that. There's a lot of this going on um, throughout the episode that I don't really care for. Um, right down to later in the episode when she shares his grade with him before all the other students have the opportunity. Um, I understand being yeah. proud of your child, but um, you have to have a little bit of a separation when you um, are the class teacher. But uh, we're we're seeing the human side. Of, every, uh, so everybody <laughs> kind of knows that the Garveys are, you know, everybody knows everybody's business in um, in the township. So while she's thanks, at thanks the mercantile, yeah, so. <laughs> telling me that you're going to begin a series of tests. Yes, starting tomorrow. Uh-huh. Oh, and a can of peaches. Ah. Oh. Now, I, I know that you won't mind if I offer you a little friendly advice. Not criticism, mind you. But I was thinking, wouldn't it be wonderful if you awarded the, the student who comes in first in the final examinations a little prize? Sort of like a little reward. I like to think that learning, education, is its own reward. Something like a, a, a nice big blue ribbon. Well, I'll even donate it. <laughs> Of course, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if my Nellie wanted I don't like to bribe the students for their efforts, Mrs. Olsen. Mrs. Garvey, may I remind you that I am on the school board? I would like to see the standards raised. Therefore, there will be a blue ribbon donated, and it will be awarded. I know that that's settled. Is there anything else that I can get you? No. I also don't think that what Harriet is offering is so bad. 
Well, no, I mean, it's not, but it's just, you know, Harriet's only doing it because she thinks it's going to be Nelly. It's just, <laughs> but no, in and of itself, no, it's not. But in the same breath, thing. she has no problem not giving it to an Olsen, you know, later on. I don't right. know. There's a lot that I have a problem with. There's a lot of um, <laughs> violations of um, personal, there's a lot of conflicts of personal interest versus your job. Yes, absolutely. Um, now, another thing is, you know, I have to kind of look into this more about the canned peaches thing because, you know, that was tin, and I'm just kind of curious if, like, who was making tin can peaches back then? I'm just not really sure. No, I don't know. Um, I don't know. You know, race, you know, you always come up with something that I didn't research. No, it's fine. <laughs> it's just, uh, I'm, I was kind of curious about that because they look very modern. Um, well, I don't know what kind of machinery existed back then to... Um, Libby's. Well, because, <laughs> Libby's you know, people, people would can their own. I mean, people would, um, right. would can, but... They would um, use the bell jars to, you know, right. preserve their own. So I'm kind of curious about that whole thing. But I'll look into that for the future. Alrighty. Um So, yeah. Um, so Garvey is just kind of all like, well, if you must, you know, I know my son's not going to get that ribbon, you know, but I guess if he was smart, then she would have agreed. Um so, I know, and I love how she says, thank you, that'll be quite enough, when Harriet asks her. Right. When Harriet asks her anything else, no, that's quite enough. Had about enough of you today, Harriet. Um, and then they kind of, in um in, in Olsen style, they kind of gang up a little bit, because Nellie enters the conversation here. Mm-hmm. You, my dear. But it must be so embarrassing to have your own son doing so badly. I'd be willing to help Andy, Mrs. Garvey. I should think you'd have your hands filled helping Willie. Oh, no one can help. Even this, these little nasty comments. <laughs> like you're attack like it's your <laughs> Willie isn't doing well because of your poor teaching. <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. It just doesn't really make too much sense to me. Like Well, yeah. he's hopeless. <clears throat> well, thank you very much, Nellie, but uh no thank you. And it assures me that he'll study hard to do better. Good day. And she just basically storms out and mm-hmm. ungraciously turns them down. Very, right. Very nasty, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, She's going to have to eat crow later. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know... What Alice basically Alice is telling Jonathan that she turned um Nellie down and Jonathan of course says what I would say is like, Well, why didn't you take the help? Because clearly our son is an idiot. So Right. Um another thing that I'm kind of skipping over here at some point is there was a backlash against Albert. <clears throat> because Albert is doing well. He doesn't appear to have to study as hard. So he thinks that he's not going to be friends with um, Andy anymore because Andy is too stupid, I guess. And, um, and he, I'm just kidding around when I say that, of course. But yes. Andy feels shamed. He He's embarrassed. He, he can't do the work as well as Albert. Albert is getting very high grades. And on the board, the board of grades is um, basically there to look at all day long and be shamed at. You know, be right. ashamed of. Um, instead of working hard, they dwell on the past. Yes. 
Um, Fifty twos, I think, and sixty twos. If yeah. I remember, I mean, they're not good. And Nelly, of course, has like ninety eights and ninety nines and ninety fours. Right. You know, um, <laughs> and so he basically, um, Jonathan says, you should go back and you should ask for the help. So Mrs. Garvey goes back and um, let me see. I'm kind of skipping around. I'm sorry. Um, so Nellie says that she got a hundred and it's easy to do something when you know how to study. Yes. And she's trying to explain her process and all of this good stuff. So I'll go to that. I'm in the best of my brains and I'm doing worse. I got a hundred. It's easy when you know how to study. Afternoon, Mrs. Garvey. By the way, the Nellie character seemed very, seems extremely flirtatious in this episode to me. You think? Yeah, I really do. Um, and it's just weird to me because she is um, a couple years older. And clearly, um, Andy shows zero interest. <laughs> and no, I, don't, I didn't it could think be... of her as being flirtatious. I thought she was just sucking up to him because she knows she's got her plan in place. But why bother? Why bother? I mean, aside from getting the big test, which seems like a very secondary plan, why bother bringing him into the fold and giving him all of her secrets other than to um, impress him, kind of? I don't know. Get Get Listen, him alone up in her room. <laughs> that's what it is. And, it's, and you know, it, it really is, seems kind of um, strange to me. I could be reading too much into it, but it, I think it could definitely be construed that way. Okay. So, um, I have never thought about that. Wow. That would normally be something in a woman brain, but I, yeah, I never, ever thought about that. Ever. Uh, so Albert shows Andy that um, he, he's trying his best to be um, a poor student. So he points it out. Wants to see your grades. Got enough troubles on my own. Come on, take a look. You want to show me how smart you are? What's smart? Boy, you got a fifty-four. That's worse than mine. Yeah. Don't know what my folks will say when they find out. Guess we're both in trouble. Yeah. Wanna go frogging, Andy? It'll take our minds off it. Sure. Let's go. So he's pulling a dumb blonde type of move. Yes, he absolutely is. Everybody but I love, wants I love Andy. how they I love how they incorporate that into the writing at the end and and how you get that little lesson there and yeah, it's it's good. Um everybody seems to want to get alone with Andy in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> um it crosses barriers. Um <laughs> So here we are back at the Garvey's. Um, for whatever reason, I think that the Garvey's house does not look as nice as it lo- has looked in the past. Um, or maybe in the future. I'm not really sure. But maybe it's I, just the lighting. It seems shabbier. But, um, mm-hmm. and, but, and they have lanterns everywhere, but it just seems somehow dark. And Yeah, it does. It does have a lantern way too high, in my opinion. That it would definitely singe the ceiling. But that's just my opinion. That's your spirit, son. But I guess I, I just don't know how, Pa. Well, I'll get someone to teach you. I could work really good with Albert. He's the last one I'd set you up with. You'd be off fishing or frogging or gallivanting around. And why wouldn't she correct him? Like, no, you'd work really well with Albert. Yeah. 
There's a couple of those kind of things that are floating <laughs> around here. There's just a lot of weird. It's a weird script. It's definitely yeah. um, a scattered script. Yeah, probably explains why Albert's grades have dropped so. Pass the butter, Wilson. Now I think what you need is a real good student to study with. And right now, by far and away, the best student in the class is Nellie Olson. All right, and we're gonna have to skip right to that. Um, which is just a fascinating study of that we've seen a number of times where people have to swallow their pride and go to the Olsons for the right. help that they originally offered. Mm-hmm. And uh, they regret it immediately. Um, but they, the Olsons always offer. You got to give them that. Yeah. And they, um, <laughs> and they being their position, they have also um, always reciprocate in a way that hurts everyone. <laughs> right. So, um, here we go. Good afternoon, Mrs. Olson. Uh-huh. Mrs. Garvey, may I help you? Yes, I'll get right to the point. I've been thinking about the little talk we had the other day. Oh? Yes, and uh, Andy is continuing to have difficulties in school, so... Oh, yes, I know. Nellie told me. <laughs> Must make you feel very proud that she confides in you. This is another thing that happens a lot in this episode: is the tisk tisks. The yes, uh-huh. <laughs> and it's just really hilarious. Well, so few parents these days have the trust and confidence of their children. Indeed. Well, I, uh, I have to confess that I was wrong, and. You were so right in suggesting that Nellie help Andrew with his schoolwork. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering if you'd mind if I accepted Nellie's gracious offer. Oh, no, I don't mind at all. As a matter of fact, it's an opportunity to do God's work. I thought she was going to say <coughs> for someone to teach him in a way that he'll understand something that even his mother can't do you know like something like that but no god said you're teaching so poorly an opportunity for the gifted to help the less gifted nelly darling yes mother are you still willing to help andrew with his homework of course mrs garvey i'd be glad to help andy any way I can. See? All right, darling, I don't need any more help down here. Why don't you take Andrew up to your room and you can begin your studies right now? Yes, ma'am. Right near the toilet soap sign. Right. <laughs> Imagine my Nellie teaching the teacher's son. Oh man! That's... Oh my God! She says that right in front of Alice. It's just like, oh. Yeah, it's. <laughs> it, that's a like a like the total fu right there. That's, right. Yeah. Oh. And on top of it, you know, Nelly. Well, Nelly is going to basically reveal a certain secret that I don't. I think if yeah. you know the title of the episode, you know it's coming. <laughs> yeah. It's not exactly a spoiler. But Her you're... studying technique. You cheat? Well, of course. Why? If you're smart, you don't need to. Smart has nothing to do with it. Who can remember all those things they want you to? Just 
clutters the mind. When you grow up, you gotta know facts, geography. Well. You can always look them up. The way your mother does when she prepares the class lessons. She makes an excellent point here, by the I, way. I think I'm right there with you. I was yeah. just like, oh. You've seen yeah. her. She makes notes and looks at them in class, doesn't she? Yeah. Well, then why should she expect us to know more than she does? But cheating. I don't want to argue about it. If you want me to help you, all right. And, of course, he takes the... I'm not even going to say bait. He um, takes the easy way out. He cheats, um, and they use a thing called crib notes, which I don't know... Why they're called crib notes? Um, do you? I researched it. Oh, cool. <laughs> and the main reason I researched it is because I thought, you know, later in the episode, Nellie does refer to them as crib notes. And I thought, oh, wait a minute, that's too modern a reference. But actually, it's they sound not. Like something from jail or something, but I don't know. Yeah, dialing all the way back to 1649. Um, there's a whole lot of information on the internet about it, and some of it is not exacting, but somewhere around 1778, the English language, they started saying to crib, and to crib meant to plagiarize or to steal, and they speculated... Like the game Cribbage is a... Yeah, yeah, they speculated that maybe, because crib, actually, the word crib, because there's a lot, again, there's a lot of speculation on the internet about, well, maybe it's from the Latin word, blah, 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 blah. But it really was referring to a crib, like a baby's crib, and they speculate that maybe it was when people stole things and they put them into baskets or they put them into to sacks or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's very... Um, It's very unclear. But then by 1827, it was translated as a a secret thing, as a secret word used by students referring to cheating. So Hmm. according to my research, 1827 uh, is when they, around the time when they started referring to it as crib notes. And there is some speculation because in the Greek, the word crypt actually means hidden. Mm-hmm. And so somebody was saying they thought maybe it went from crypt sheet to crib sheet. Mm. Um, but all I know for sure is that they were saying by 1827, the translation that kids would kind of use on the sly was crib notes. So that's good. I, I, I you appreciate know. that. That's interesting stuff. Um, so, I mean, by the time we're here in 1878, it's already kind of old slang. Oh, yeah. yeah so right. something you know, grandpa really would use, but... Um, oh no, it's, I, I'm, that's really, um, I appreciate you looking that up. That's, um, that's really good. Well, I get curious. Yes. <laughs> but, um, so here we are, we're, we're doing another overreach in the, um, Garvey household where she's grading papers and she just feels the need to disclose personal information, um, ahead of time. Yeah, so. Your thumb and kindly note the grade. hundred. Andy? <laughs> Would you believe that one no. afternoon with Nellie no. could make such a difference? Well, you sure got to give her some credit. Idiots, right? I mean, it's clear he's cheating, but she's like, okay. And your son, too. Andy? Yes, sir? Come here a minute, please. I will say, at least they have doorknobs on the doors on the inside, <laughs> interior of their house. That's something the, the Engels. Engels don't even have doors. 
have one door. I've got the one door. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Andy's fancy. He's a fancy kid. He's got his own door with his own doorknob. I really love that, though, the invention of being able to lock the door. I mean, I certainly didn't research it for this episode, but just, you know, when you see period piece stuff and they have, and I think in one of Laura's books, she, she very, in very deep detail describes how dad makes a latch where you can pull the thing in at night so nobody can get in. I mean, it's, mm. I just, I love invention stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, That's it's good. cool. But here, here she is saying how proud he is, she is that mm. um, he cheated. It's a miracle. Oh, that's to show you how pleased I am. And I'm sure your pa feels the same. I sure do. Congratulations. Perfect paper. Hey, was there ever an episode where Jonathan disclosed that he was um, illiterate? I I don't know why. No. No, okay. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. Mr. Edwards. I I don't know why I thought it was him, but he even claimed to not be very good with um, schooling or learning. (laughs) Said, yeah, yeah, well, Mrs. Garvey's not either. Yeah, seriously. Um, but, yeah, but I know what she, yeah, no. Yeah, I, I don't know. I guess Victor it was Edward. Victor, yeah, Victor French, but. Think you can keep that up? Of course he can. It's just a matter of application, isn't it? I guess so. How did Nellie teach you? Uh, she says to write things down. It, it helps you to remember. As simple as that. <laughs> as a reward, on Saturday, you don't have to do any chores at all. You what? can go fishing or frogging or anything you want to do. farmers. Keep up the good work. We're mighty proud of you. Thanks, Paul. Can I go back to my room now? More studying? Yes, sir. Another test. Sure. Go ahead. Wow. That, you know, that's um, good for him, right? So we're, yeah, right. we're in the uh, classroom the next day. Um, or maybe not, uh, something like that. And we see on the board, we're starting to get more of a clearer vision. The other thing is, it seems like they would rewrite the entire board. Do you get this? As time goes on, there are more and more um, columns. Right. And it seems as though there were not this many columns in the beginning. So every single line and name would have to be rewritten in order to fit in a new column. Well, I get, yeah. I guess, I don't know. I guess uh, they're kind of making it like a chalkboard spreadsheet where they're just weird. adding. Yeah, it is kind of weird. For another. And most of the rest of you are coming along beautifully. I'm, uh, I'm glad to see that you've made some improvement, Albert. Yes, ma'am. As you can see, today's test is on your geography assignment and will be the last test. You have to make a mistake once in a while, or else you'll get suspicious. He's the worst cheater ever. <laughs> he really is. He's the he doesn't even know how to properly cheat. Right. Um, <laughs> you can't get a hundred, a hundred, a hundred, a hundred, a hundred. And didn't he get three hundreds in a row? It's like <laughs> I think so. Going from like you know illiterate to three hundreds in a row. Right. Like, and she's uh, not the least bit suspicious. It's no. all because he's writing it down, yeah, on pieces of paper for print <clears throat> notes. So um, I'm just going to say Nellie then becomes Nellie. Nellie says, gives an ultimatum, basically. Your, t- your mom is the teacher, and I want you to get the, the final exam. I want you to steal the questions, write them down. And then text it to me, you know, right? And not text it to me, but but um, so that they can cheat, you know. Now they're a team, right? Mm-hmm. But Andy is not too happy about this. 
also Laura is starting to catch on. Uh, oh yeah, she not, actually saw him cheat. Laura has some of the worst hair I've seen Laura have in this episode. Um, her yeah. hair is all flyaways and everything, and her braids mm-hmm. are very poorly done. Very strange. <laughs> I'm not really sure why. But Laura basically catches him in the act. Yes. Um, which is a cool scene. He's He waits for, his, uh, for the Garveys to leave, and he's staying at home, and he goes and gets her notebook, and he goes to copy it, and the door flies open because it's a windy day. He turns around, and it's just the door, and nobody's there. Then he's writing again, and something kicks in. He turns around, and Laura is standing there like a creep. Right, I know. <laughs> it's like something out of an Alfred Hitchcock yeah, movie. Like, exactly. ah, all the like, she's there. Uh, uh, right. So we we then Laura confronts Andy in Laura fashion, right? Because Laura's perfect, and and mm-hmm. I'm only putting you know, I'm only jabbing, but she does the right thing, and she kind of intervenes. Nomination. She does. I wondered how you got so smart all of a sudden. Then I saw you yesterday. To anybody else? Is that all that's bothering you? Oh. Why, Andy? Don't let me make me do it. How could she make you do a thing like that? I don't know. It just happened. A lot of complaining here. We know the reality of the situation. And, you know, let's finger point right to his mom. He was embarrassed and he was shamed, in, you know, in front of the entire class and made to feel stupid. And if she hadn't right. had this um, policy of publicly announcing grades or even, you know, there may be a blue ribbon attached because of Mr. Mrs. Olson. But the reality of the situation is whether there's a blue ribbon to represent it um, or not, it's still the representation of um, the highest grade in the class. So, yeah. Absolutely. Well, and Laura's memory is really short. It's like if we're going to do the how could she make you do it thing, let's dial all the way back to the music box. And let's not forget about uh, (laughs) uh, three gold stars that were mentioned earlier. Right. There are rewards that are given. And, uh, you know, I just don't really understand why she feels like a blue ribbon is inappropriate, but gold stars are okay. I'm not, it's all stupid. But it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's you know, weird. It's one of these things that, you know, throughout my life, I've never had much of an interest in achieving um, trophies or rewards or anything and whenever i received anything like that didn't doesn't mean anything to me but you know for some people it, it clearly it does um true so essentially he goes with he brings the notes to nelly he still he doesn't listen to a word that laura says um <clears throat> and goes to nelly and and here's the talk of the discussion aren't you gonna copy the questions got my own set at home and this is the last time. Well, we'll see about that. No, we won't. Oh, yes, we will. Or I'll tell your mother about you in front of the whole class. And I'll tell your ma. She wouldn't believe a word you said. Go on home, Andrew Garvey. And make good crib notes. So your parents will be proud. <laughs> and Nellie's wow. got a point, though. <laughs> Nellie, Nellie has, a, has a point with all of this. 
Well, and that to me, that's one of the big underlying things. It's like, woo, woo, woo. They're making such a big deal. Andy feels horrible and feels guilty, but he's also enjoying the fact that his parents are proud of him. So right. it's just, he's yeah, reaping the reward. Up. He's, he's reaping the rewards of, of cheating on a couple tests. Right. Um, and another thing, you know, it doesn't, this is why sometimes I think that, um, tests don't really, they can't determine intelligence because Andy's still the same stupid kid, but just because of these particular questions that were answered correctly, they all of a sudden think he's a genius. So, right. Uh, uh, you know, I absolutely agree. And I'm sure people that are listening to the podcast that have got degrees as long as their arm would probably disagree with me, but <clears throat> I've never, I've never let it be, be a secret in my workplace using it as really an encouragement because of the position that I'm currently in that I'm not qualified for. Um, but I'm a high school dropout with a GED. Uh-huh. And um, I have worked with people that had degrees as long as their arm and they couldn't formulate a professional letter so everybody you know everybody has their own gifts and what but we've you know we've all heard that expression uh at one time or another he's so smart or she's so smart that they're stupid it's uh, some people are very book learned never been a book learned person i'm a people person and so you know that gives me a certain amount of whatever common sense or what have you so yeah tests and stuff eh. I, yeah. I've gone to more college than I care to even think about sometimes. And um, I've learned more on my own because I, I do believe in the philosophy of um, knowledge isn't something that you can just purchase. You know, knowledge is acquired. Knowledge is something that um, you can learn from a book. You know, this is, these are just things. These are just concepts. These are facts and, and moments that can and be remembered. And things that you can learn from. Um, granted, if you go to certain specialized, you know, universities that you know they have specific people who can teach you in a manner and a way that is untouchable otherwise. But for the most oh, part, yes. I, I'd say I've, I've learned more <laughs> on my own than I've learned for um, you know one hundred eighty-five dollars of credit. You know. Right. Well, and especially if, like I said, about the school districts here and probably all over the United States, if they're just trying to get these kids to memorize this stuff so that they pass tests so right. that the school has a good rating, that child's not going to remember that stuff. You or, know? You and know, they also put the pressure on the teacher because they'll um, yes. I don't know if this is a fact or not, but why not connect uh, raises with that? I mean, the cost of living, maybe we connect um, to these grades and all of a sudden all that matters are state tests. Absolutely. And passing. And that's all that matters. It doesn't matter if you're smart. doesn't just check A and that's it. You know, and and that's not, exactly. That's not Let's education. just let you memorize these facts. Yeah, no, it's not at all. And I wish I know that there's a logical reason for it, although I don't know that much about college since uh, the only college. Well, I did take a little bit of sign language way back in the day, but um, I wish that colleges would let you. I wish you didn't have to take general course of study. I know they want you to be a well-rounded student. And blah, blah, blah. But I think people learn and embrace and devour 
the knowledge of the things that they're really interested in. Why do I have to know how to diagram a participle phrase if I want to be a psychologist? Or You know what I'm saying? It's just yeah. like, I wish you could just go take the classes that you needed and not, you have to take gym. Or yeah, but, but you're also talking about something where if your focus is a degree, Right. Because the reality of the situation is that you can take a course on anything you want in any of these universities. Um, well, for the oh, most yeah. part, not the private ones, but it's you, you know, you really can and you can learn um, a tremendous amount just taking a particular course. Um, it's just it may not end with a particular degree or any degree, really. Right. And if you were to go somewhere else, of course, that credit may not even be transferable. So yeah. it's a very, very um, interesting thing, and um, education is, but um, but nonetheless. It all is. right, so here we go. Nonetheless, okay. Um, speaking of learning, we're going to have Laura go in the pod to learn about his opinion of um, of what's going on in her life, because um, this is um, super drama. <laughs> How'd you do on a test? I did fine. You didn't even take the test. <laughs> that means I couldn't have done bad. You're absolutely right. You go change your clothes, too. Yes, Pa. Filthy liar. Go, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Carrie, just brain dead. Hey, what are you looking so down in the mouth about? You do bad on the test? I don't know how I did. Practically don't even care. Well, what's the matter? I just don't understand people, Pa. Albert's not doing his best in school because he's afraid he won't be popular. Whoa, 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 now hold on. What are you talking about? He's afraid the kids won't like him because he's so smart. Well, that's nonsense. That's what I tried to tell him. Well, just have a little talk with him right now. Wish someone would have a talk with Andy. What's the matter with Andy? He's working hard. His grades have never been higher. <laughs> I know. That's the problem. What are you high? I right. promised not to tell his mom. He didn't promise not to tell me. Loophole. Mm-hmm. Will you tell his mom or pa? Yeah. All the best it is. Show enough. <laughs> it was Nellie who got him into it. He only wanted to do what his mom wanted. He's been cheating. Nellie cheats, too. And I know how she does it. Let's not worry about Nellie. It's Andy I'm worried about. What are you going to do about it, pa? Kill him. I don't know. First, I'm going to hang those doors, and I think I'll take Andy fishing. Kill him. He's going to throw him in the river. And, right. Um, hit, his, hit his head against the rock. <laughs> so Charles goes and tells a story about his father beating him, and that right. somehow you know, it really worked well because, um, well, I mean, the crux of the story is that Charles talked about a story about how he cheated. When he was younger, and how he signed um, notes saying to get out of school, playing hooky. Um, did you happen to look up hooky? I don't know if that. I um, didn't. Yeah, I wonder if that's a modern word. Um, I just thought of that just now. That's why I'm. Yeah, it's it's easy, it's easy <laughs> for me to criticize when I didn't do any of the research. But um, so yeah, um, I, I'm gonna look up that as well. But I won't. But I'm gonna write it down. All right, hold on. Maybe somebody's hooky. listening. <laughs> no, I'm going to look it up. So, um, and Charles just basically said how he felt a lot of guilt. And then one day he told his father and he felt a lot better and he beat the crap out of him because that's what they did back then. Right. Uh, they got, um, a beating. So 
Charles said in a very creepy way, a very weird way, that it made him feel better. You know, it's kind of sadist, but you know, <laughs> it's a little bit of a masochist type of thing to say. S&M on the prairie. <laughs> um, maybe. And, but it, it really is kind of strange how he really says how it made him feel better. Um, well, I guess what he really means is that it, you know, he felt what he did was wrong. He got punished for it. The right. He was properly kind of like, right. yeah, he I was got properly. What I, um, I got beaten. rid of the guilt. I guess. But, I guess. So the next day, um, the scene is basically Mrs. Olsen is staying there in her green dress that we see every once in a while. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's for big occasions and uh, very often <laughs> big occasions for the school, actually. This is also her dress that I think she wears to the big meetings at the school. Yes. Um, with the with um, her hat and she's on the side and she's listening in because the blue ribbon is about to be ro- um, awarded. So here we go. I, uh, I don't want to discourage or reflect on the rest of the class, but I know you'll understand why I'm so proud of the two leaders. Oh, my God. Here Kelly she again. <laughs> and Andrew Garvey. You know, there actually is a clip on YouTube, and I couldn't pull the audio in time, but I'll just um, say it was another line that was part of this scene, and she says, and the rest of you are dead to me. (laughs) Yeah. And that's actually when Harriet starts clapping, even harder. Yeah. It's true. Look it up. Look it up. It's true. And there's also an alternate ending where they just play the end theme music right here. <laughs> and that's it. Stop. See, that would be great. Like <laughs> if they just ended it, you know, Hey, I'm a cheater. <laughs> no, there's a little more. Congratulations to, to both of you. Ma. Oh boy. Shut Mr. up. Harvey. Shut up. Tommy. <laughs> I don't deserve no congratulations. Shut, shut it. Shh. I cheated. Uh, I cheated on yesterday's exam and, and all the days before when I got good grades. I'm sorry. Nellie leaned in. I don't know if you noticed it. She like, kind of leaned. Yes. And probably was like saying, you effing moron. Well, and what I find so interesting You're when, I dead. Was re- when I was re-watching this, I thought, wait a minute. If Andy was so ashamed of this and felt so bad, why wouldn't he have told mom and dad in the privacy of their own home? Because he just won of- their award. I don't think he realized he was going to, you know, now it's gone too far. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess so. Stu nod. Yeah. That music. And Laura's like, good. I'm glad he's going to die. Laura's smiling at him like a Stepford wife. She's so proud. Class dismissed. I'm proud of you, Andy. 
you mean, tell me? <laughs> that makes it all right. Laura's proud. Why, Andy? And I really wish that they would have said, because you pushed me too far. Right. Like, because I really think um, that the blame really does belong in her lap. And I know people might disagree with that type of thing. And they, they probably think I'm being way too harsh on these characters that are so beloved. But I, I really genuinely feel like this is bad parenting. And I see this kind of stuff all the time. Well, I think it is too. And maybe, maybe, well, I mean, that's a silly thing to say. I was going to say maybe the script was written with that intentionally. Hello. Of course it was. But that's, to me, that's another element of, of why we enjoy Little House. I don't think there were any other television. I don't remember as a kid growing up thinking that parents were ever wrong or that they admitted that they were wrong. It was just, maybe, that, maybe it's just, maybe it's just my upbringing. Cause I grew up in kind of a, you know, dad was the only one that had the opinion. You know, we just weren't really allowed to express our opinions. Um, no, you're talking about as children. Are you talking about real life? Like parents are never wrong. Or are you talking about the, de- the depiction of them on television that might, that you may use as a role model because in reality I did use, it, it sounds almost pathetic, but I would use these kind of, um, you know, television shows as a form of role model just to get a different uh, point of view on things. Right. Yeah. And I, I'm just saying that I really, what I'm, I guess what I'm really saying is that I just really appreciate that. What are you saying, Susan? I'm, this is what I'm really saying. <laughs> I just, I, but Let's I get down to brass tacks here. There you go. I just appreciate that, um, that, uh, Arthur Heineman wrote that approach. And I think it's a very Michael Landon ish approach. Mm-hmm. Um, because as much as Michael Landon said in real life that he abhorred psychology based on the fact that it didn't help his mother, um, there is so much psychology in Little House. It's unflippin' believable. And that's not really the case here, but it's just so lovely that the parents in the coming scenes are willing to say, hey, you know what? Yeah, you screwed up, but we screwed up too. Yeah, I, I, I see that. Um, I, I didn't know that he had such um, distaste oh. for psychology. I didn't know he yes. was um, he, well, like a Scientology type of focus. Well, yeah, because no, his mother was really nutso. I mean, she tried to commit hey, suicide. Is that a medical term? Yeah. Oh, it she is. Tried, she tried to commit suicide in front of Michael Landon at uh, uh, Eugene Orwitz at least once in his childhood, which really traumatized him. And apparently... At one point, she did go to a counselor, uh, and of course, back then, you know, you had to be crazy if you went to a psychiatrist. That's just what everybody believed, but he didn't see any change in her, and I think that's what he based psychology. Are we talking about like the 50s or something? Or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's kind of what he yeah, It's right on the cusp of it being yeah. okay, yeah. So it's like psychology is a bunch of bunk. Well, my mother went to a psychiatrist, and it didn't do anything for her, and so... Much in the way that people will form opinions about God and the, and the church and all of that. Well, look at blah 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 blah. They base it on the on the um, stupid human tricks, on the outrageous humanity of humans. 
It's not really, just like it didn't do anything for Michael Landon's mother. Well, you know, you have to be an active participant, and apparently she wasn't. And so he just kind of, you know, well, for, I mean, things were really bad in his home. Any, any kid that steals canned goods out of the pantry and hides them in a cave in a park so that he can get away from his house and have something to eat, you got to know there was some mess going on in that house. Sure. But, but anyway, it's just so interesting to me. I, one of these days I need to write a blog about the psychology of Little House on the Prairie because he uses it all the time. And it's so interesting that Leslie Landon, who, of course, played Etta Plum and had some bit parts in Little House before she became, eventually became the teacher. She is a child psychologist. Well, you know, I, I have a feel. you know, I would imagine, um, well, two things. There's, I don't think there's any secret that the writers of the show were definitely the type of people who wanted to push the the idea of let's talk it out. Let's yes. just calm down, talk it out, and come to a solution together as a group or as a family unit, right? Or even right. just as friends. Like, right down to him um, overstepping <laughs> and doing the parenting for um, Andy, because I, I think that's overstepping. He should have approached the father and allowed the father right. to do this, and, you know, but that's just my opinion. Um, I would imagine, you know, again, this is a very different time period that not only was the show made, but time period that we're depicting here. So taking that all into consideration, um, maybe Charles just considered Andy more of a friend than just, um, his friend's son. Like, I don't know. Well, and back in the day, I mean, that expression, it takes a village was, you know, based in a foundational thing that back in the day, I've got friends who were, you know, older than me by 10 years or whatever. And it was your next door neighbor would discipline you just like your mother. It right. was like everybody, everybody in the neighborhood looked out for everybody else's kids and, and, you know, everybody was watching everybody and don't you be, you know, don't you be doing that or, right, or right. whatever. Then, I mean, yeah. Probably not spanking them and stuff like that, but um, you know they the parents back in the now. My gosh, you'd end up in jail for you know even correcting somebody else's kid. But but back in the day, I mm. think they were in some neighborhoods. They were a little bit freer with that. I agree. Um, I, I don't agree that that is a good thing. No, I don't necessarily either. But um, I, but I do think that um, people who have certain I guess, um, roles of authority, um, should be allowed to use those roles of authority to help children kind of come to, um, a solution like this. But, um, like for instance, I always bring up, always has to be the savior. I always bring up the Boy Scouts of America and like, you know, every, you know, in order to even be a part of this organization, you have to have a whole background check, you know, it's right. You know, the the Boy Scouts of America is a complete volunteer situation, and it's like, um, you know, in order to do it, I you know, I have to be fingerprinted. I have to be, um, you know, give them my social security number and um, have references. <laughs> it's right. it's not just something that is just willy-nilly. Um, we also go through a thing called um, um, youth protection um, training where you just learn basically how to detect this kind of stuff. And what Charles did in that scene would be something that would be a red flag. 
<laughs> right? Yeah. Well, yeah, it yeah, would. If there's you, even if this you, thing for, about yeah. social media where, say, I need to contact one of the scouts. I'm. It, it is completely against the Boy Scouts of America's, um, I guess, rules or. or uh, and it would create a red flag if I were to text him directly without copying on another adult. Right. Um, it would just be a considered, you know, grooming. You know, it would be kind of like creating yeah. this one-on-one communication that's just inappropriate. And I w- couldn't agree with it more. So, anyway. Oh, absolutely. It's just, it's a crying shame. But, yeah, Boy Scouts of America, Girl Scouts, all those things that are you know, for the benefit of children, you know, hello, the little light bulb goes off the pedophile's head and, ooh, this is a way for me to get myself in the middle of a big group of kids yeah. and mm-hmm. be a scout. And it's happened before. Be a scoutmaster and, you know, be a coach in a high school or, I mean, my gosh, we hear about it all the time. People so. need to realize that anyone can be a molester. Anyone. Like, it doesn't oh. matter how nice they are, how much exactly. money or how much money they don't have. It's it's if you're putting your kids in their care, they have an opportunity. Yeah. So I mean, you have to really, really be careful, and um, that's why I welcome people to not trust me. You know, like be there with me. Absolutely, a hundred percent of the what, time. I don't want to be alone with your kid. You know, <laughs> that's the way I the, say. Well, exactly. And one of the wisest shifts that I ever saw in in Stranger Danger was when finally I don't know who it was, but they're brilliant. Finally, when they introduced to children, because children, I know when I was a kid, to me, a stranger, quote unquote, was going to be somebody that looked real scary or that looked like a monster. Of course, I grew up in the 70s. No, and but yeah, fi- it's somebody with a patch and like, you know, a, a yes. Vietnam coat on, you know. Yes. And then finally, finally, they introduced that to children that, you know what, a stranger is, you know, can be your next door neighbor. Um, it can be the man at right. the ice cream parlor. I mean, I remember seeing shows ab- about that um, where they were testing children. Oh, he just looks like a nice guy or whatever. Hey, if you that's when they started doing the thing of you and your kids make up a secret word. And if that person doesn't know the secret right, word, right. then they're a, yeah, blah, blah, blah. You know, but so it's it's uh, but you know, the 80s that we have the, to do that. And you know what? The but, 80s really kind of embraced this and lightened it up, it seems. And they made it so light, in fact, that it became easier for these people to prey on these children. Yeah. Because it became so cutesy and it became so stranger danger. You know, it's like, um, let's make a big joke out of it. Oh, this person, that person, that's just buddy, you know. Um, you know, cart you know, and then all of a sudden you have these like ridiculous special episodes. And um, I have to applaud Little House in the Prairie, though, because they have a very special episode about rape. And it is not a fun episode. It is a, no. it's a tragic episode. And no, it's, it's a two-parter. Come on. Um, and it's a very important episode. And that's one that we're going to be doing in the future. Um, Absolutely. And um, it'll be a barrel of laughs is basically yes. what I'm trying to say. <laughs> um, so anyway, I'm going to play this last um, couple clips, and um, we're going to try to get back on track here. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think we could use a bit of fresh air in here. This is the next day. This is the big test day, by the way. Oh, Nellie, aren't you warm with that jacket? No, ma'am. Oh, I'm you must be. I'm sorry. Um, Andy squealed. Andy was a rat, and she he basically told on um, Nellie. Now, even though 
No, Laura told on no, Laura told them Andy wouldn't say anything, and Laura comes up behind him and she tells Mrs. Garvey that Nellie was what Nellie did about the cheating, right? And, so, and the jacket. So instead of going to her parents and letting them handle this um, <laughs> on a one-to-one basis, what she's going to do is shame her, and I think this is just as inappropriate as anything else. Mm. I think this is a form of bullying. I think that this is. Funny for TV, it's great for the episode, and it's it's justice, um, and it's definitely uh, it, it's served well. It's just um, in today's world, and I wonder if people are going to say you're too sensitive, Mark. And uh, for those people, um, just send me um, go to send me an email, and then right before you're about to send it, just delete it because <laughs> I'm not going to read it. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> The um, I I just think what she does here is um is mean, and I know everybody loves to hate Nelly, and um, right. you know it's just maybe I, I am being I too can, sensitive about it. I don't know. I confess because I just thoroughly enjoy it. It's just like yeah. ooh, this is good. <laughs> but she lets her fail, and I just think. Mm. <laughs> Why not just call her out on it and say, what is this? You know, and embarrass her in front of the class and not let her take the exam. But no, she has to. You're actually perspiring. You're not ill, are you? Oh, no, ma'am. I'm all right. Oh, child, I can tell when someone's uncomfortable, and you most certainly are. Now, come on. Off no, with the jacket. I'm all right. No, it's all right. I'll take fine. very good care of it. It's much too it's warm just, it's now. It's fine. I... Come on. It's much very hands-on right there. <laughs> All right, class. The other kids are like looking at her like, what the hell's your problem? <laughs> right. What's up with Miss Garvey taking everyone's clothes off? <laughs> Let's begin the final test of the term. That's a different and good episode. luck to you all. scene is her just sitting on the log where probably I think Mary put her glasses when she was called Four Eyes. Right. And uh, they just brought it closer to the school this time. Um, like, where did they get a dead log? Where's that log been? It's just sitting I, there. I don't know. It's just a random log. Mm, it's random. What's the matter, Nellie? We ain't even touched your lunch. Here's an interesting little thing I noticed, too. Um, Everyone has their pals, like their tin lunch pals. And they're all kind of dull metal except for Nellie's, which is a kind of mirror finished. Sparkly shine. Yeah, so it's just kind of funny how, like, she, <laughs> and it also appears that she didn't eat her lunch. She doesn't really right. have much of an appetite with her big mm. blue bow in her hair. Mm. Right. Guess she lost her appetite. Why? <laughs> <laughs> you did tell your mother. He didn't tell her. I did. <laughs> and then she goes and goes into a depression. Right. Marries out of her religion. <laughs> and um moves to another state to hide from the um the persecution that she received when That's she was shamed. That's right. And it's a real shame. It's a real shame what happened to Nellie. But you know what? She overcame this bullying because she became a really nice person in the end. Yes, she did. <laughs> the marks on your papers, you all did very well. One of you did exceptionally well. 
with an absolutely perfect score. And that one is... Al- who, who, um, she's, all right, sorry. Albert Engels. Albert Engels. Sorry, Albert Engels. I just feel like it should have been someone else. I don't know. Maybe in the background <laughs> you could have had Willie trying harder. And like maybe he got a better grade and a, a better grade than Nelly or something. And well, got, you know maybe I an honorable mention it would have been fun. Being true to himself and it, being he's very intelligent, just naturally he's uh, well. Plus you know he had the big talk with Charles and everything. Yeah. So. No, no, no. And Albert's a very. I mean, he gets um, a medical scholarship. You know, yes. right, right before and he leukemia. dies of leukemia. <laughs> um, but. We, um, well, he's, you know, he's got the Ingalls curse. Come on. Um, so, but I, I think it would have been more fun if Willie was getting, was studying throughout the entire time in the background or something. Yes. And if she would go and an honorable mention, and it's like, maybe he gets a 70 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then you see that he got a higher grade than Nelly and he can like, go, I got a better grade than you. I think yeah. that would have been really fun, but that would have been good. But no, we're just uh, an episode of evil here. <laughs> also, Albert was clapping for himself. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the winner of the blue ribbon. Congratulations, Albert. Thank you, ma'am. And I'm happy to say that the rest of you are all promoted. Uh, <laughs> and may have the rest of the day off. Yay! Yay! Alice Garvey. Yes, so <laughs> there must have been some terrible mistake. Why, it's impossible that my Nellie didn't win. Obviously, you graded the papers incorrectly. You may be right. <laughs> you can check the answers if you want. They're right here, inside Nellie's jacket. The same jacket she's worn for every test I've given, except this last test. I kept it up here on my desk. Have a nice day. Garvey is laughing maniacally um, at her. So yeah, I just I feel little, like sorry, she yeah. should have approached Go Nels ahead. and just said, Nels, this is what's going on. Nels would have taken care of it quietly. Quite very quietly. Uh, yeah, I read a little snippet on the internet that uh, Allison had said that that Catherine was uh, not playing when she was hitting her with that jacket. It had metal buttons on it. It was hitting her in the face and in the eye with those metal buttons on that jacket. That's funny. Yeah, it looks like a heavy coat or jacket. Yeah, I'm sure she was probably glad to take it off as hot. Well, they were in the studio. Though. I was going to say as hot as it was in Simi Valley, but that's an interior, so they were they were in the studio, hopefully with air conditioning filming that one. Right. So there you go. So yeah, for, that was that's a really interesting episode. For an episode that was really not very confrontational, I think that we made it confrontational. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a pretty simplistic episode, to be honest with you. And um, But the life lesson that we learn really is don't cheat, right? Yeah, I mean, it is. And and again, I love the flip side of, although we didn't play the clip, but I, I love the flip side of Albert 
thinking that popularity and just wanting to fit in was so important that he was willing to cheat himself out of good. I mean, that speaks so much to, again, to peer pressure and how kids feel in school. And I mean, we all know the silliness of the dumb blonde syndrome thing where the boy won't like you if you're smarter than him. And um, that, of course, is, you know, disgustingly wrong. Absolutely. Well, that's uh, that's why I was kind of glad that Albert did get the blue ribbon because it was kind of, you know, it was proof positive that, okay, the talk with Pa did me some good. I quit farting around and, you know, I would just let myself be myself, which happens to be a very intelligent kid that was able to, you know, ace a bunch of. I'm a big fan of Albert's. I'm a a very big fan of Albert's, but I don't believe that after getting so many poor grades that you can just get 100. So I personally think Albert's cheating now. (laughs) <laughs> because if you think about it, all the attention is now um, all focused on Nelly. Everybody's watching Nelly, right? Right. And True. who's watching Albert? I mean, well, the kid grew up on the streets picking pockets. Right. I think there's more to look into with this episode. Okay. Well, we may have to do that. <laughs> and um, I think actually we have Sean Penn on the line to um, give his take on um <laughs> On this, he's in Bangladesh right now. Uh, right. But there you go. Was Sean in this one? No, he was not. Oh, okay. I don't think he's been in any of the episodes except for the first season. Um, maybe just that one episode. I'm not really sure. Yeah, I think so. The Bell of Tinker Jones. Yeah. Um, the voice of Tinker Jones. But uh, Susan, thank you very much for getting together tonight. You're welcome, as always. To those people listening, there are a lot of changes coming to Walnut Grovecast. We have a lot of lots diff- and lots, a lot of strange topics coming. Not strange, but more topical topics that that, um, that enter the the world of Little House in the Prairie in more of a factually based way. Um, I guess that's all I can really say about that. Also. If you go to walnutgrovecast.com, that's going to be our new home, and we will be leaving the VHS Rewind family of podcasts, and I'm just kind of focusing more on more on um, just Little House in the Prairie and um, 19th century um, stuff. <laughs> stuff. Mm, stay tuned. Yeah, I, I really um, I'm interested in um, actually if you're listening and and you know a lot about 19th century stuff, such as um, the cookware, the processes, the recipes, the, um, the clothes, clothes making, the anything, a wagon wheel building. You know, we definitely want to reach, want you to reach out to us. Um, you can reach out to me at Mark at Walnut. Wait, what is the name of the podcast? Yeah, it's um, <laughs> Mark at WalnutGroveCast.com. Susan's is Susan at WalnutGroveCast.com. Yes. And um, basically, that's it. Shoot us an email and we'll read it. Um, but if it is criticizing me, just you know, feel free to delete it before you send it. <laughs> uh, no, you can send it. You get a colorful response. There you go. Unless, of course, you catch me before coffee. If you get catch me before coffee, uh, I might be on that. my way to whoever <laughs> sent the email. But um, again, Susan, thank you so much. And I look forward to the next one. Yes, Across the plate, to meet his family. I was falling.